MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink. Always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid He's a weird Polish last name, yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin food, right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLI drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, December 10th, 2013. You are listening live, hopefully, on morelikeradio.com. If you're not in the chat, you should be morelikeradio.com slash live. And if you want to Skype in, the Skype name, Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Or you can call 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. I am still living off my Michigan Hall of Beers, thankfully, because I still don't have my license. Uh, The Michigan State Police still have it from the speeding ticket I got. I had to give that up as collateral over the Thanksgiving break. And uh, with my luck, I'd get carded going to buy more beer. And I don't want to suffer through that embarrassment just because that would be silly. So, yeah, I'm still... um, I actually just finished off the growler that I got from Dragon Mead Brewery. I am drinking a New Glarus coffee stout at the moment and then i'm going to uh tail off the show with a couple the uh the well some of the cheap shit the big flats walgreens beer i figured you know drink a couple good ones drink a couple cheap ones why not i got them so i might as well do it uh trying to think what else is still in the fridge i haven't had my kbs yet i still have uh at least one founder's imperial stout still got one of those neapolitan and just other scattered stuff in there still got some of those uh Strawberritas. Um, I don't think I'll have some of those tomorrow. Uh, trying to think. I, I actually have some uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ales that I'm probably going to try again to do the hot flip over the Christmas break because, like I said, it, when I was in Michigan, it just it. I don't know. I don't know if I was rushing it too much or what. It, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but I still got um, like three or four bottles left of Sierra Nevada Pale. I also I got more than enough chances to not fuck it up there once i get my license back probably the first thing i'm going to do is going to be picking up a bottle of that uh black label jameson the 18 year stuff that's going to be my fuck it i'm relaxing over the holidays drink and since i well due due to the nature of my job and the the holiday break we thankfully get paid time off uh so i'm off through from the 
24th through January 1st. Of course, I think I'll be doing a shitload of video work over that time. I have five video shoots the week before Christmas, one more two days after Christmas, which at least means I'll be able to afford that bottle of Jameson. So I can't complain too much. It's it's money, and then uh, that buys me beer and other assorted boozes. Uh, speaking of the Walgreens beer, I said Walgreens before. I didn't say Walmart, did I? I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. I actually just discovered there are a couple of Trader Joe's out here in Jersey that sell alcohol. I was really surprised by this because I figured there would be none. The way I inadvertently discovered it was I, I was on I was on some thread on Reddit and somebody was somebody had mentioned something about Whole Foods and alcohol in uh, New Jersey, and apparently there are two Whole Foods locations that sell alcohol in New Jersey. Um, I'm trying to remember which ones they were. I want to say Paramus and Red Bank, if I remember correctly. But other than that, none of the other Whole Foods locations sell it. So I figured, okay, you know what? Let me do a Google search, see what Trader Joe's sell alcohol. And they actually have two pages. One, you know, Trader Joe's that do... um, Actually, you know what? I take that back. There was Whole Foods that had the two pages. Whole Foods has a page for Whole Foods that sell alcohol, Whole Foods that do not. Trader Joe's actually just kind of had asterisks on locations that don't sell. But there were two in New Jersey that do sell. One of them, I'm I'm completely blanking on the town, but it's actually maybe about 15 minutes away from where I have a bunch of those shoots next week. So I'm figuring if I get my license back from the Michigan Stadies by then... I'll run over Trader Joe's, see if I can find some of that house beer for review on here. Because uh, I'm, I'm always, even if it's like the, the cheap stuff, I want to try some of the different cheap stuff that I can't find ordinarily. Um, what else has happened with me? Oh, jeez. Okay, well, we had, we had a, uh, you couldn't really call it a snowstorm today, but we had like pretty good snow flurries, about, about four inches today. And yesterday morning, it was more of like a nasty, rainy, wet kind of thing. Um, so, of course, me going running, I, I went running yesterday afternoon in the rain, and my shoes got soaked. I assumed that my shoes, my running shoes, would actually dry out by today. So I go into the locker room, put them on, and they had not dried. I'm like, eh, okay, you know what, uh, wet shoes, it's fine, it's snowing out there, they're going to get wet again anyway. Stupid me, I did not actually consider that wet shoes might contract a little bit more and be a little bit more tight on my feet. Now, if any of you know any runners, you may be familiar with something that is referred to as a black toenail. Middle toe on both of my feet. Basically, it was rubbing into the front of the shoe repeatedly as I was running today, four and a half miles. And when I pulled my shoe, my uh, feet out of the shoes and pulled the socks off to excruciating pain from those toes, the toes were not, not black underneath the nail, but very, very purple. So apparently fluid and blood and all sorts of wonderful stuff building up underneath the nail. As I read up more on it, there was um, 
a runner that writes a blog and says, every runner experiences this at least once in their life. He says he's had hundreds of these happen to him. So I guess, I guess that means I'm truly a runner at this point, but it fucking hurts like hell. Um, and I guess if the pain doesn't subside within the next 72 hours or so, I'm supposed to sterilize a paperclip, take the end of it, light it, and then poke it down into the nail to relieve the pressure. That will be fun, and there will be a lot of screaming involved. Kind of like the screaming when, uh, before dinner, my wonderful two-year-old son decided to step on one of my feet and stepped right on the toe as though a hammer was slamming down on it. Yes, it was more like a baby foot hammer, so it was kind of soft, but son of a bitch, I screamed like a woman. Hurt like hell. Ugh. And There's really nothing I can do about it. I mean, ibuprofen, I guess that's about it. And stupid me, I'm probably still going to run tomorrow and Thursday, so I don't know, I'm glutton for punishment. So let me get let me get into the actual beer stuff today. Um... I see people in the chat, but I don't actually see people talking in the chat, so who knows if anybody's listening to me. I don't know. I'll assume you are and just kind of go with that. So the first thing I got today, Marianne actually sent this to me. and it, it, This is a quick little thing, and it's, it's more visual than anything, so I'm going to post an image in the chat. But if you want to look this... Ah, uh, damn it, of course. I copy-pasted the wrong thing. Let me recopy this here. It is a robot bartender. Uh, his name is is Carl. Why Carl? I don't know. But I will post an image in the chat. And again, if you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. That is Carl, the robot bartender. He makes, let's see, mixes and serves drinks for their customers at Robots Bar and Lounge in, I'm assuming this is Ilmenau, Eastern Germany. And guests who come to the bar interact with Carl. Uh, little thing right there. Uh, if you want to find that look look for Carl the robot bartender you'll probably probably find it somewhere um hmm, I don't know why that's up there this was one that uh I believe you know what I, I want to attribute this properly here attribute attribute yeah I can I can speak oof um oh, okay white ass Brent sent me this and I um uh, I read a bit more into it so uh this article that I have here on it is from the Boston Globe. Um, actually, I'm sorry. No, it's from the AP. And everybody was posting it from the AP. Vermont woman charged with selling beer online. This has to do with Hetty Topper. Now, if you remember, the brewery that makes Hetty Topper, The Alchemist, they were having problems with their retail site. Too many people were coming pretty much to buy Hetty Topper. They were turning around this woman's driveway. She'd block the driveway. They'd turn around on her lawn she said it was just, it was causing too much problems, and she was kind of being a cunt about it. But if people are turning around on your lawn, maybe you got reason to be a cunt about it. But she doesn't even drink beer, so she was kind of biased with that. Anyway, this Vermont woman was selling Hetty Topper. From the article from the uh, AP, Vermont liquor investigators said a 28-year-old Burlington woman is facing charges. She illegally sold five cases of a popular hard-to-get beer online. Investigators from the Vermont Department of Liquor Control said they spotted an online ad for Hetty Topper. Undercover investigators subsequently met with Stephanie Hoffman, who provided 120 16-ounce cans of the alcoholic beverage for $825. Hoffman was subsequently cited into Franklin County Criminal Court to answer a charge of selling an alcoholic beverage without authorization. 
Hetty Topper is produced at a Waterbury brewery that recently had to close its retail operation because customers overwhelmed the location, just like I said. So that is that is the 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 thing about you know um let me start that over here don't sell the beer if you're not the brewer you can trade the beer but do not accept monetary compensation for it because you will get nailed for it now obviously beer trading is sketchy on its own because shipping the beer through FedEx or UPS is not supposed to technically be done however still done but don't do any monetary monetary compensation yeah. Son of a bitch. Don't do any mon-, mon... What the hell is with that word today? Don't take money for it. Ugh. God damn, I suck today. And just like any other day, right? Uh, and a little bit more with the Alchemist Brewing, because I, I dipped a little bit further into the story, and apparently the Alchemist were the ones who tipped off authorities. Uh, this article from the Burlington Free Press. Uh, do, 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 do. Let me see where it says in the article. Uh, the department uses let's see the the Department of Liquor Control uh, uses undercover sting operations to find illegal sales. Uh, office relies mainly on referrals and complaints to find suspected sellers. In this case, it was the maker of Hetty Topper, the Alchemist Brewery, that tipped off the department. Investigators then found the Craigslist post, contacted the seller, and met for the exchange. So, the alchemist ratted this woman out. But you know what? To be honest, I don't really blame them. She, you got to think, she stockpiled a bunch of this directly from them for the sole purpose of marking it up and selling it. Whereas other people that, I don't know, genuinely want the beer and enjoy the beer could have gotten it for market price from their retail store. So I can, I can understand their position on that. Uh, she, I don't think, I don't think she could be considered a customer that they were ratting out necessarily. She was, you know, no more, no more than a scalper, no more than the people you see on StubHub, you know, shit like that. People that bought up all the tickets for the recent brand new shows and decided to sell them for God knows how much more. And that's the reason I, can't see them when they come out to Jersey. Uh, see if there was anything else in this. Uh, Jen Kimmick of the Alchemist Brewery said all of its beer is sold within Vermont's borders. Its tax revenues benefiting the state. That's another problem that uh, they've been having. That um, nobody's paying taxes on these, you know, on these things that they're buying either. Now, apparently. Um, this ties in even further here. Another thing I got from the AP. Craze for coveted craft brews creates black market. I don't, I don't like the alliteration, the craze for coveted craft. Ugh. I hate headline writers. And the sad thing is they're making more money than me, probably. So, basically... People are running liquor, well, they were running liquor stores on eBay without regulation or accountability, no taxes paid. There's the potential to sell to miners. Now, chances are they're selling more hard to find collectible stuff. And I think a teenager is probably more concerned with where they're going to get their next six or PBR instead of trying to get, you know, pay $100 for Hetty Topper. 
That's just my assumption. I don't know. Um, but eBay claimed to be unaware of the practice. I, I think eBay was perfectly aware of the practice and were just ignoring it because money was coming in through the uh, through the uh, seller fees for them. So, ooh, that was almost an accident, but my beer's almost empty. So, hehe. <laughs> Um, so eBay's rules don't allow any containers with alcohol, even as a collectible. So if you were trying to sell, I don't know, some old, some old bottle of whiskey that still had the whiskey in it from the 1950s, that was probably nigh undrinkable, still can't sell it. Um, had I known that this was a possibility on eBay before, I I, I never thought to look for alcohol on eBay. And now, now if you look at I me, mean, I think the listings are just gone. But you'll see a lot of auction. Look up, um, if you do a search for Hetty Topper on eBay, you will find uh, like six packs of it, but empty six packs with the can rings on the top and everything, like those annoying new recyclable ones, which, yeah, they're better for the environment, but they're a pain in the ass to get off the can. Um, but you'll, you'll see those on there that people are selling for display. So I guess that's, that's pretty much all that's left up there. But had I known that actual alcohol was being trafficked on eBay, I would have looked to try and get a Sam Adams Utopia there. Although it probably would have been prohibitively, well, even more prohibitively expensive. So that wouldn't have really helped me too much. But if you look on there, you'll, you'll find old bottles, like empty bottles of Utopias there and just kind of see the changes through the years. But no no more liquor on eBay, even though it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Oh, almost done with this bottle. Okay, now done with that bottle. So how about some happier beer news right now? Because I think we could all use some happy beer news. Well, I mean, there's something partially happy about this as I reach for another beer. Ah, Massachusetts native drinking beers for cancer research. Massachusetts native. Oh, okay, this is from from the uh, the current current current. I don't know. I, I can't speak English. What do you expect of me? Massachusetts native Todd Ruggieri finished a 266 day quest in September to drink a beer in each of the 351 towns in his home state. The beer tour raised money for cancer research. In January, he'll begin the same mission in Connecticut. And I, you know. You can't knock a guy raising money for cancer research. Um, it says during his Massachusetts journey, he developed a bit of following. Some bars would turn his visit into a big night, offering raffles, holding auctions, making donations. At one bar, he raised $7,000 alone. He already has commitments from some Connecticut establishments to do the same. From doing his whole tour in Massachusetts, he raised $40,000 for cancer research in total. Not a bad total for just going town to town drinking beer. And apparently, in Massachusetts, what he did, he was just drinking Sam Adams from town to town. In Connecticut, he's going to be drinking a beer from Stratford's Two Roads Brewing, who are his sponsor for the trip, and he's going to be drinking from them everywhere he goes. So, it's cool that he's going with local beers on that, and local craft beers, as it were. Um... Let's see, everyone just loved it because everyone likes beer and everyone knows someone with cancer. Well, I don't know anyone. Actually, wait. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do know people with cancer. Damn it. Um, kind of the perfect combination. Cancer is the one that hits everyone. It was amazing how many people come up, came up to me with cancer stories. 
So uh, he's chronicling his preparations on Twitter. So if you want to follow him, it's at ctportour. And he'll be doing the same thing on his website, 169beers.com. Um, let's see. Though he's done this before, there are a few things that will make this experience different than the last one. He and his wife had their first child, Amelia, in October. And he says his wife, Katie, is still encouraging him. Damn. First kid. And this guy's 39. Ooh, he started late. Um, so he he's going to be doing this through Connecticut, you know. He, he he goes he goes drinking from town to town, and he's a hero. I do it, and I'm an alcoholic. So maybe next time I raise money for cancer, and I'll probably still be an alcoholic. I don't know. This one, I I was honestly puzzled by this when I came across this. If you're listening live, you can follow along. I posted a video on the Facebook page, uh, which is let me see. If I remember, um, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. It's an ad that was going to air in the UK called let there be beer. The problem with this ad was that it was banned by the UK's advertising standards authority. And in the Facebook page, uh, let me actually bring that up. Might be easier if I had that up there. They claimed it was in violation of their rules regarding alcohol and advertisements due to the implication that drinking beer makes you popular. And I asked on Facebook, nobody's replied yet, but come on, you guys are all busy. I understand. If you agree or disagree with the decision. So if you want to check out that video, it's on the Facebook page. I'll play this, kind of do a bit of a play-by-play here for it. Um, there, there's really nothing much other than music that you're really going to hear from it here. But it's a backyard barbecue, guys working, sweating over the grill, having a rough day. And then, then there's a, a teenager with flowers heading up to a girl's house. Uh, there is, uh, let's see, it's an office. Looks like they're shredding a shitload of documents. Boy back at the door again. Uh-oh, he's dealing with the father. Look, Father looks angry, waves to the girl. The boy waves to the girl. Oh, the father, it's, it's daddy's little girl. And there are two foo-foo dogs. Oh, woman's still shredding documents. Oh, no, somebody turned on a fan. The documents are flying all over. Oh, she busts out of the office. The shredded documents are flying everywhere. The barbecue is done. Oh, the girl comes up to the boy with beers. Everybody's everybody's leaving their stressful situations. They're so happy. Oh, the boy and the father share a beer, even though the aquarium is apparently exploding for some reason. And everybody's drinking beer. Everybody's happy because they have a beer. Oh, 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 let there be beer. Everybody's happy about beer. Okay. And that's the commercial. People were happy having beer. I did not see a single part of that commercial that said, you'll be popular if you drink beer. I saw a guy at a backyard barbecue sweating over the grill and once he was all done getting everybody their food, he was rewarding himself with a beer. Woman, after a hard day of work, shredding stacks and stacks of documents at a job, rewarding herself after a hard day with a beer. The one with the boy picking up the girl for a date, that confused me a little bit as to why the father and the boy were sharing a beer because he did not, well, it was the UK, so I don't know. Um, he did not look old enough necessarily to be drinking a beer, but you know, it, 
we could say, you know, I, I wouldn't say that the beer made him popular. No, it, it gave the father of this girl and the boy something to bond over. And, you know, I don't know. I honestly do not see anything objectionable about the commercial. So if, check that out. Facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. I have it posted on there. It's called Let There Be Beer. Let me know what you think about that because I I, I cannot... I, I'm, I'm really racking my brain trying to figure out what is so objectionable about that commercial that they rejected it. I, I honestly don't know. Not a clue. Uh, so, you know what? Let's, let's uh, stay in Europe. Uh, German Brewers Union tries to get UNESCO status for the Rheinheitsgebot. If you do not remember what the Rheinheitsgebot is, shame on you. That is the German Beer Purity Law. If you don't know what it is, look it up. So anyway, UNESCO, I actually had to look that up. That is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. I had no idea what that was. They're attempting to, they being the German Brewers Union, they're attempting to get status as a world cultural treasure in time for the 500th birthday of the Rheinheitsgebot, which came to be in 1516. So it's been around for a while. Why are they starting so early? Well, the application process can take up to two years. That's why they're going for it now. Now, this I found kind of weird that other other UNESCO certified, you know, things, other things with UNESCO status. We have the Argentine Tango, okay. The Spanish Flamenco, okay. French Gastronomic Meal. Okay, now we're getting a little weird here. This last one, I, I, I honestly could not tell if the article was trolling me. I don't think it was because it was from The Guardian. Turkey's Kirkpinar Oil Wrestling Festival. Yes, an oil wrestling festival for cultural heritage or whatever. I really don't understand that. Uh, It seems a little gay to me, perhaps, but eh, then again, you know, uh, Turks are going to do what Turks are going to do. So, eh. um. I don't know if any, if any of my listeners are more familiar with this Kirkpinar Oil Wrestling Festival and want to enlighten me. You are welcome to do so on Twitter at edicius or at mlr underscore alcohol, and uh, let me know what the hell is the big deal with this oil wrestling festival. Not because I want to participate in it. I'm just curious, and um, maybe you know find some video of it or something, and you know sit in a dark room with beer and, you know, candlelight. I don't know. Something like that. I'll stay on the whole Europe bit here with one more thing before I get into my first big story of the evening. A Polish study says that drinking wine leads to stronger sperm. I know we have some wine drinkers among the listening audience here. This is from thedrinksbusiness.com. Men who drink wine up to three times a week create stronger sperm, a recent study has found. As reported by the Wine Spectator, the study carried out by researchers at the Nofer Institute of Occupational Medicine in Lodz, Poland, found that sperm were stronger and had more powerful necks when men drank wine in moderation regularly. Stronger sperm are better swimmers, thus increasing the chance of fertilization. 
The results of the study suggest that lifestyle factors may affect semen quality. The study published in the latest issue of Systems Biology and Reproductive Medicine concluded. Wow, that's a very specific topic. Uh, increased, increased leisure time, light coffee drinking, and the wearing of boxer shorts also improved reproductive strength researchers develop, or discovered. Um, let's see, I don't have good leisure time, I drink too much coffee, and I wear boxer briefs, so that's probably a no-go. And I don't drink enough wine. Yeah, my sperm are fucked. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I've had one child. However, the study found that the regular use of a mobile phone for more than a decade decreased the mobility of sperm. What a surprise. Yeah, we keep it in our pants right next to our cock. Of course, we're killing our future children with our phones, but we get to play Candy Crush, so it's okay. Uh, The findings contradict recent research in the UK that claimed lifestyle choices such as drinking and smoking have no influence on reproductive health. So, I don't know. They always got contradicting studies with all this stuff. Um... Oh, okay. Just jump back into the chat regarding that let there be beer commercial. Mitch said if you don't drink beer, you're unpopular. But oh wait, that yeah, that would explain my teenage years. <laughs> Drank hard liquor, but no beer, so I'm kinda screwed by that. And welcome to the show, Mitch. Um So the first news ish story. This is one that I I, I know I've dipped into this before, but this seemed to be a bit more of an extensive coverage of it. Do smart people drink more? I got this from... Well, I got this from a certain location, but it it all kind of linked back to New Republic. So, take that as you will. Um, Damn it, I don't have yellow skin. (laughs) I already know I'm unpopular, Mitch. You don't have to rub it in. Woof. So do smart people drink more? Since Mitch is bagging on me, I'll I'll take this occasion to toot my own horn for a change instead of subjecting myself to more self-deprecation. There was a period where I actually used to be considered smart. Uh, Back when I was like four or five, I tested at a genius level IQ. They gave me those IQ tests back then, whatever. Who, Who knows how legitimate that shit is now. But I was always a grade ahead in reading class in elementary school. I skipped fourth grade, and then I was in a split-level advanced class for seventh and eighth grades. I started with honors classes in high school, but by the time my sophomore year was over, I was fucking done with it all. I didn't care anymore. Uh, my parents were the type that everything had to be A's, and that year, that kind of changed, especially with a geometry cl- honors geometry class that I had where I was out sick the day we first covered proofs, and I was pretty much screwed the rest of the year. And I miraculously... I'm almost positive I've told this story on the show, but my professor... Professor? Too in the college mindset. My teacher more or less pleaded with me saying, Kevin, you're a nice guy, but I don't want to see you in this class next year. Please study for the final." So I studied my ass off for the final. I mean, I I would have failed the class if not for this final. Somehow I passed the final and passed the class. I mean, I passed the class barely with a D. And that was pretty much the end of my honors class career. So that was the end of of smart Kevin. Um, So anyway, um, given how much I drink, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm, you know, I may be a smart person that drinks more. Who knows? I'm going to drink more right now. So, studies show a positive correlation between intelligence and alcohol consumption. This is actually very good news for MLR hosts, even though we do come across as stupid, uh, probably, I'd say 62% of the time. Uh, Finnish researchers, they tested 3,000 twins, found that the sibling who developed verbal ability first tended to be the first to try alcohol and drink more heavily through those teenage years. This also correlated with social intelligence, which meant more friends, leading to more social drinking situations. Now, when it came to me, I'm trying to think, it, it was... I when When I was younger... I go through this in therapy every week. When I was younger, I was much more social than I am now. I am not social at all now. When I was younger, I was going out all the time. It wasn't like party every weekend, party every weekend kind of thing. That that It got to be more like that, and not even you know, every weekend kind of thing, when I was like 18 or 19, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so... It, you get into those social situations, yeah, you're more apt to be drinking. And if you have a higher social intelligence, you will be in those situations, which means you will be drinking. It, 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 it all... There, there's, a, there's a weird bit of causality with this. Uh, higher intelligence leads to higher levels of education. Of course, we all know what goes on in college. I've, I have been to enough college parties despite never having lived on a college. Uh, went to college as a commuter student, so I never really... Uh, you know, lived in any of that situation, but we all know what goes on in college. Um, authors of the study postulate that intelligence is correlated with curiosity and desire for new experiences. Quote, cognitive performance and reading abilities in childhood are related to higher stimulation-seeking tendencies. Now, I can apply that to myself again. I was one of those that started reading ridiculously early. I started reading like two and a half so curiosity, stimulating simulation or er, simulations, situations, and I start drinking. So there, there really should be no surprise. Oh god damn it, Mitch! It's not Friday yet, Mitch. <laughs> um, if you're not in the chat, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So you should be there. More like Radio.com/live. Um, studies by evolutionary psychologist Satoshi Kanazawa. See, I'm. Trying not to do impressions today, Dennis. The human brain has trouble dealing with situations that did not exist in the Pleistocene environment we evolved in, but some brains, less intelligent ones, have more trouble than others. So, what this pretty much means, alcohol consumption can be considered evolutionarily novel. Humans only began cultivating consuming consuming alcohol 10,000 years ago, and with the rise in intelligence in the human brain, it kind of coincides with that. Um, the same psychologist, the psychologist, wow, I'm tripping over myself today. What the hell, man? Satoshi Kanazawa, he analyzed data on children in the UK and tracked them for 50 years. Now, this is a long ass study. Kids who scored higher on IQ tests grew up to drink more alcohol than their less intelligent peers. Now, you, you got to think, you know, a study that's going on this long, there's got to be something to it, you know? That's what I would think, but I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. Um, other factors evaluated include religion, 
social class, parents' education, and self-reported satisfaction with life. I will make some comments on that one. Uh, Intelligence before age 16 was second only to gender in predicting alcohol consumption at age 23. They also found a link between high IQ and experimentation with drugs, which doesn't surprise me. Some of your some of your so-called druggies are some of the most intelligent fuckers out there. I mean, look at look look at a guy like Doug Stanhope. The guy's done every drug under the sun, and he is a very intelligent guy. So, look at a guy like Hunter S. Thompson. Another great example there. But the factor that uh, influenced drinking self-reported satisfaction with life. That's that's kind of a gimme there when it comes to drinking because uh, yeah when when it's when it's not uh, when 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 life is not satisfying drinking well drinking's good drinking helps and well eh, Mitch yeah, Mitch has a good point here in the chat too some of the most intelligent people also believe lizard people run the world well I'm I will I concede that perhaps those intelligent people got so intelligent that it's kind of like the 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 test of strength at the carnival. It there's a difference between hitting the thing and ringing the bell and hitting the thing and then having the indicator go straight through the bell and way out somewhere else. Yeah, Mitch Mitch has it right. They're so smart that they're idiots. They, it's almost like they've looped around. They've they've gotten to such a high point of intelligence that they come back around at the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, they they got to do some studies on that, honestly. I, I would love to read some studies on why people why why people become conspiracy theorists. That I think that would be a fascinating study. Whether you know, it's environment, whether it is something in the brain that tends toward conspiracy or, you know, something. I don't know. That's for another show, though. That, that That's for, I guess that's for an Alex Jones podcast. Well, no, he doesn't think it's all conspiracy. He thinks it's all fact. What am I saying? Um, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Um, this particular study only included men, so I don't know. Sherry would be as happy to hear this. But the study compared 1,800 Danish men's IQ scores to drinking habits from the 50s through the 90s and a correlation between high IQ and young adulthood and preference for drinking wine over beer later in life, regardless of socioeconomic status. The reason this is important with Danish men is that Danish communities are predominantly beer drinking. Wine drinking, it was traditionally a sign of higher, excuse me, higher social status, and there's a correlation, of course, of income, education, social status all tied in with intelligence. That could explain the whole phenomenon there. Back to the whole conspiracy thing. Uh, let's see what Mitch says here. They believe in conspiracy theories because they want to live in a world where everyone is out to get them. For whatever reason, self-destruction, when people aren't controlling them, they find ways to make it true. You know what? That I I can totally accept that. It's kind of the... The well, I, I've been in this situation before, like the depressed person that does everything in their power to remain depressed, to wallow in that. If you want so badly for someone to be out to get you, you're really going to believe that someone is out to get you. 
Mitch, Mitch put it better than I did. It's a self-destructive kind of thing, and that makes perfect sense. So, and hell, this this may tie into this whole study that smart people may have some kind of self-destructive gene within them. Smart people, conspiracy theorists. Smart people, alcoholics. I don't know. You know, smarter people than I may be able to figure this out. Or they would be able to if they weren't constantly drinking and looking over their shoulder for Bigfoot. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, More bridge studies. London School of Economics. They found a positive correlation between obtaining a certain level of education and daily drinking. Now, I don't know what college or university is like overseas, but if it's anything like the U.S., not surprising, again. Women who graduated from college were 86% more likely than women who hadn't graduated high school to admit to drinking on most days, probably to block out all the horrendous sexual experimentation during those college years. Uh, (laughs) Um... I'll dip back to the conspiracy thing again. Mitch says with Alex Jones, he's a machine gun dart player. He's just throwing darts everywhere. Eventually one will get a bullseye. When he gets his one bullseye, his followers go nuts and are able to ignore the hundreds of misses. You know what? There is, there is exactly a, a um, hockey blogger that is like that when it comes to trade signing, stuff like that. He gets, out of a hundred scenarios going on, he gets 99 of them wrong. When he gets one right, everyone loses their shit. So I I understand that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, Mitch is the conspiracy expert, and he's in the chat, so I, I, I you know, I gotta let him chime in with that. I, I, I can't help it. Ah. Let's see. Explanations given for... Was it the uh, experimentation and everything? Oh, yeah, the alcohol during the college years. Um, A more intensive social life that encourages alcohol intake, a greater engagement into traditionally male spheres of life, a greater social acceptability of alcohol use and abuse, more exposure to alcohol use during formative years, and greater postponement of childbearing and its responsibilities among the better educated. So basically, people... I could have saved you money. People that go to college drink. People that go to college probably drink more. Give me money. Come on. This link, of course, holds true for American adults, U.S. Department of Health. They said the rates of alcohol consumption rise with education level 68.4. Come on, just give me straight up percentages. I don't need this .4 bullshit. Of college grads describing themselves as drinkers compared with 35.2 percent for adults without high school diplomas the article ends with perhaps reflecting people bringing binge drinking habits they learn on campus into adulthood like i said again you drink in college some people are going to carry that over some people aren't Mm. Uh, so for me i had my first real drinks when i was maybe 15 Scattered periods of binge drinking from 18 to 19, especially 19 when I was able to go over into Canada and drink. We'd do that every weekend, and I would just get completely hammered every weekend. And that was well before college for me. I didn't start college until I was about 21, I think. And like I said before, I was a commuter. I didn't live on campus. I didn't really socialize with any of my peers for the most part. Um, I'm of the firm belief that 
the more intelligent among us, and if you're listening to the show, you're in that group, obviously, so hi. We're more aware of the world around us. Now, this doesn't, this doesn't necessarily tie into the conspiracy nuts that think they're more aware of everything that's going on. Uh, no, we're, we're more aware of the world around us and just the shit in the world. I mean, I, I was a much happier person before I discovered politics. I think most of us probably were. Ignorance really was bliss when it came to that. So the more intelligent among us, we're more aware of the world around us. That can be very depressing and demoralizing. And that can lead us to drinking or drugs with the correlation in that one study to numb the whole details of everything. So you you could say, you know, with intelligent people, it could, it could be a genetic thing. It could stem from intelligence leading to more social situations that lead to more drinking. You could say the intelligence leads to higher education, which ultimately leads to more drinking. Or, honestly, I think in my case, you could say the intelligence leads to a better realization of the shitstorm that the world is around us, and I drink to try and blot all that out. I know it's not exactly a happy way of thinking of, of it, but it works. Um, I think I can hit one more story before the break here. Yeah, because this one, and yeah, th- this one's, this one's decent enough, and this one pissed me off when I read it. Just, it was another one of those interest groups that gets pissy about something that they have no business getting involved in. This is from CBC News, Montreal. A Quebec brewery's beer names have sparked disgust <gasps> from women's groups. Oh, God. Oh, no! The women are pissed off! The owners of a Lévis, Quebec, microbrewery are reeling after several of their provocatively named beers drew flack from women's groups. I will bet you... I don't know. Let's say a thousand bucks. That these, none of these women in these women groups have ever even tasted these beers. Not even tried them. Not even thought to. With names like The Hooker and La Tite Pute, or Put, La Tite Put, The Little Slut. That's what it translates into. Le Corsair's seasonal beers are not a favorite with women's rights groups. Oh, no, 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 no. Le Corsair doesn't limit its unconventional approach to names on its menu, La Tite Put is described as, quote, an easy girlfriend, light and fruity. Another seasonal beer, the the uh, Vicious, is supposedly, quote, an orgy in your mouth. Now, who wouldn't want to drink that? And what's wrong with an orgy? It's good fun for everybody. The brewery's menu also includes a beer called the Parrot, which comes with a label depicting a nude woman in a birdcage. And if you were listening live, you would see this image in the chat. It's La Fraiche. And that is, it looks almost kind of anime-influenced in a way. But anyway, the head of Quebec's Council on the Status of Women, oh, they sound like a barrel of laughs, Julie Miville Deschaines said the names are unacceptable. The name La Tite Put disgusts me. Yeah, so I do my French impression there. She said, Prostitution exploits women. There isn't a lot of choice involved. There is a lot of exploitation and a lot of violence. It's not something we should be laughing about. Well, wait a second, though. 
Um, la petite pute, that's the little slut. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with the prostitution. Now, the hooker does, but she wasn't talking about that apparently unless they're taking her out of context which is entirely possible because we all know how the media likes to take stuff out of context uh the co-owners of the microbrewery said they never meant to insult women will be more careful when choosing names in the future they said they chose the name la tite Boot because that beer didn't take as much time to make and it has a more commercial taste thus the little slut you know being commercial and selling out Co-owner Julie Gagnon said she didn't expect their attempted humor to raise such an outcry. She said they never intended to demean women or promote violence. Yeah, because uh, uh, the name of a beer. Oh, I'm drinking a beer called The Hooker. I'm going to punch a bitch! <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Gagnon said they're not alone when it comes to unconventional beer names. In the world of microbreweries, there are plenty of beer names that are trashy enough. So... One commenter on the article, and I'm going to give credit to this gentleman, David Burgess. He had the same thought that I did. What's next? No more ordering cocktails with funny names at the bar. Have you ever seen anybody pissed off, you know, when there's a gaggle of women ordering a redheaded slut at the bar? Uh, I haven't heard outrage about that. Uh, how about how about ordering a blowjob when, when you actually have to, you know, Put your mouth on the shot glass and lift it up with your mouth. And Wow, I tried to do the motion there. You heard my mouth jump away from the mic. Can you tell I've done that shot before? This is just like with TV and radio. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch. You don't have to listen. Or in this case, you don't have to drink it. Censorship is censorship. This this goes back to the Founders Breakfast Stout one. Where, Where was it? I think Rhode Island, if I remember correctly. They can't have that label there because there's a baby eating oatmeal on the label. Ugh, they're not, and it's not an implication that the baby is drinking the beer. No, breakfast stout, baby eating breakfast. People have no common sense when it comes to this shit. Too many people, they're sensitive. They're, um, oof. I was going somewhere. They, they're, wow. They're too sensitive. Too sensitive. They get offended over everything. There was some, there was some train of words that I was going to have going there and they just fell apart. Completely derailed. But what really disgusts me about this group, they claim that, you know, they're, you know, all for women and everything. This is what disgusts me. How indignant these groups, and I, specifically this Quebec's Council on the Status of Women and Julie Mivet de Chain, how indignant they get over a fucking beer name. It is the name of a beer. It is probably one of the least important parts of the beer next to the label itself. You know, it, the bottle is important. The you know malts and hops are important. The quality of the water is important. But the, the name, you you could call it. I shit into this bottle, and it could still be a very delicious beer, regardless of the name. So, I would think there were more important social issues to concern themselves with. 
maybe that's just me. I don't know. Aren't aren't there still clips being cut off over in Africa or something? You know, couldn't you maybe go deal with that instead of worrying about a beer name? And this ties into other stories in recent weeks, like Hindus being pissed off over that Australian beer label, the Nigerian Sharia police destroying all that beer. If you don't like a beer's name, if you don't like a beer's label, or in the case of the Nigerian Sharia police, you don't like beer at all, you don't have to drink it. No one is force-feeding it down your fucking gullet. Ugh. Pisses me off. I mean, okay, I can't stand Big Bang Theory. I think Kanye West is an arrogant hack. I don't particularly care for American football. I know that's sacrilege on this station. Does that mean I should go on a crusade to make sure no one else can enjoy these things? Even though Big Bang Theory probably really deserves it. If it's not directly harming you or impacting your daily life, leave the fuck alone. Concentrate on more important things. These beers are not promoting violence against women. They're not promoting discrimination against women. They're fucking beers. They're drinks. They are promoting violence against women, discrimination against women, whatever, whatever against women, just the same amount that Pepsi is, just the same amount that Coke is. These groups need to lay the fuck off of it all. Think think I said enough there? Possibly? Maybe? Probably? <sighs> okay. I need a fucking break. I'm pissed off now. Uh, Stuff coming up after the break. Thousands were unable to purchase tickets for a Michigan beer festival. There's uh, some reasons for it. Uh, If you drop your beer in the river, for the love of God, don't drink it, especially if you're in Australia. I will tell you why. Then I got a few other things I may get into. Some holiday gift guides and a couple couple good lists. Uh, One that might tie into a end-of-the-year show for me. And, of course, the new beer releases and reveals for the week. I will be back after this break here on Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Alcohol by Volume, Kevin Show. Hey, hey. it's the name of the show. Hey, More Like Radio, less like crap. Hello, listeners. Stop packing your winter parka and camping gear to wait in week-long lines for door-busting deals. Amazon.com will be providing the best discounts everywhere this holiday season, including Black Friday deals other stores are planning. These limited supply deals will go quickly, but you have a trick others don't. You don't even have to search. Just click on the More Like Radio Amazon link as you listen to our shows, so you can skip the long lines and still save a bundle as you continue to sit on your ass. Be a hero this Christmas. Click the More Like Radio Amazon banner and save time and money. Listen to Unsigned Hype every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on MoreLikeRadio.com. It's hosted by Sir Darkside, a.k.a. at Darkside Rules on Twitter. Check out the show for dope interviews, exclusive releases from artists such as Brother Ali, Mally, Kelly Mays, Lex Leosis, MOA, and Aesop Rock. Doesn't get better than this every Tuesday night on MoreLikeRadio.com. It's the unsigned hype. Unsigned hype, front line, never known as blurry. Zero dark dirty, zero friends, minotaur, fuckly stepchild. The boat lunch jumped over plunging necklines up. The side tongue tied, hungry enzymes. The vault in a mothman, munch and textiles. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune into More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio. With Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. (sighs) Alright, you're such a diva now that you have your own show. 
with guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype. Or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh. Fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne through the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like um, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh my god. What are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic- <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Wait, why is that guy gargling? This is your morning wake-up call. Get up. It's how I get my morning started. They're my morning show. All right, here's a little inside info. They're not even real listeners. These are stage people, and you hear the same thing across the entire country. And that's why Hammy, Hammy, the true American, is going to serve his country and expose these hack shows for what they are. Only on Brainstein Radio. Friday nights, 8 to 10 on MoreLikeRadio.com. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on MoreLikeRadio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday, Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. Ah, you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's like the whole computer just froze up. Oh, really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'm coming back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall. For not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, uh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta. That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. 
I gotta do the uh... <laughs> the Flight 800 of the Adobe player. The Conti and Kenny Show, talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard. And their life, it's better than yours, damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining next? Oh, well, Hippo Juice, they're the... The soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High side of radio, that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there, though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with... A family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Alfred Show. Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning in. Always phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Half-Penny Pub of Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music. Independent music. And all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. <laughs> Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yeah! The Elvis and Alfred Show. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot. Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe has he met another guy? I really cannot get over him because once he told me I love your dick whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A tub of blood up stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. Morelikeradio.com. 
other internet radio stations are gay. Dad, aren't you supposed to, like, not drink and drive? I'm not drinking and driving. I'm driving while I'm drinking. Right, boys? Sure, whatever, dude. Oh, I gotta pee. Hand me that empty bottle, Stan. What? Just pull over. Stan, you need to learn some things about being a man. Give me that bottle. There's a reason God made our penises like little hoses, boys. Hold the wheel, Stan. When you boys start driving, you're gonna need to learn to do this, too. Dad, we're gonna crash! Shh! Try to concentrate. Just hold the damn wheel. Dude, I think you're being followed. Oh, yeah? Get off my ass, dickhole! No, dude, it's the police. Oh, crap! Here, hold this. Oh, it's all warm. Everybody just stay calm. I can handle this, no problem. I know how to deal. License and registration, please. What seems to be the officer problem? Sir, why don't you step out of the car for me? Okay, welcome back to Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. Dot com. You're in for hour number two of my wonderful, wonderful show. If you like to Skype in, Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, or the phone number is 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. So hopefully all of you can still spell, and that's an easier way to do the number. Ah, so before the break, I teased this. Uh, thousands were unable to purchase tickets to the 2014 Michigan Brewers Guild Winter Beer Festival. Apparently, this is a pretty big deal out in Michigan. Um, I hate the fact that I missed... You know, I, mean, I, I moved out of Michigan when I was 20, so I, I missed you know all these beer festivals and everything. But this was from MLive.com, which for those in Michigan, you know this is pretty much like the, the complete repository of news in Michigan. It's a hugely popular event. Sold out in three hours. Tickets went on sale at 10 a.m. on Sunday, December 1st. But their server was ill-equipped to handle the deluge of requests. We've seen that many a time in many a place. 18,000 unique users attempted to buy tickets on Sunday. Only four to 5,000 out of a total of 6,000 tickets were even available after the Michigan Brewers Guild gave members and bus tour operators the first shot at tickets. So... 18,000 people tried, 5,000 available, 13,000 people left out, well, the article says 12,000, whatever, I don't know. I can't do math, apparently. I don't know. But the attendance was capped to two tickets per person, $45 a ticket. Previous years had actually been four tickets per person. Um, Let's see here. Okay. Um, The guild had... An explanation, apology, statement kind of thing. The Michigan Brewers Guild recognizes and shares the frustration that some experienced when trying to purchase tickets for the Winter Beer Festival, which sold out in record time again this year. The ticket processing system tracked 18,000 unique users, like I said, trying to purchase just over 6,000 tickets, which were all sold in less than three hours. This result, yeah. See, I read too fast. This resulted in a large number of people not being able to purchase tickets, similar to highly popular concerts, sporting activities, and other craft beer events around the country. Demand simply exceeded the availability of tickets. Well, yeah, that doesn't explain the fact that your servers weren't enough to handle all these tickets being purchased. Um, where was I? 
Core to the guild's mission, we continually strive to introduce more individuals to Michigan craft beer. However, we must limit the quantity of tickets available to any event to assure a safe, well-managed event. As with any guild festival, we learn new things and continue to examine all events of the event, all elements of the events, in an effort to improve them. Logistically, the Winter Beer Festival presents its own set of challenges with regard to weather and overall execution. We appreciate your understanding and continued support of Michigan beer. This one's outside, so obviously taking place in the winter, yeah, that that is a bit of a challenge there. Um, and now they're also trying to combat scalp tickets that are being sold at inflated prices, which were apparently a big problem for their last festival. They said, with regard to tickets purchased from a third-party individual, buyer beware, we will not guarantee the validity of tickets purchased from other online sources. Tickets determined to be scalped for more than the face value will be voided. So, a word of warning to any of my Michigan listeners that were thinking about trying to buy tickets for the event on Craigslist, eBay, whatever. And if they're above the ticket price, you're taking your chances with it. I don't blame them for limiting the attendance. You have to. You know, there, there's only so much square footage for people, so you're not packed in there like sardines. Even though you're outside, you still want to have room to move around. You can think about that debacle I went to earlier this year the uh, Big Brew Beer Festival in Morristown, New Jersey. However, then you can look at how they remedied it when they did their next festival in October. They split it into two sessions. That's the solution I would have for these people. They're only running one session, and I think that's a bad idea. And the fact that, I mean, this isn't their first year doing it. At least Big Brew Beer Festival they had a built-in excuse of this, as far as I could tell, was their first time doing it. That was a big learning experience for them. And they completely fixed it by the next festival. Completely. I had no complaints whatsoever. It was fantastic. You would think that they would have seen this coming. They only do one session. I think it's like 4.30 to 8.30 in the evening. You have an entire day. Now, of course, obviously, there's probably, you know, you have to work out the availability of outside, but there are probably ways to do that. If you have to change a date, something like that, it can be done. You know, split it into two sessions. That way, you don't run into overcrowding issues. You get 12,000 happy patrons. Yeah, 6,000 are still left out in the cold. Versus 6,000 happy patrons and 12,000 left out in the cold and a bunch of bad press to boot. And no, the only reason I love large crowds Red Sox is because there is the chance that I will get boobs rubbed up against me because everybody loves boobs. I don't want dudes rubbing up against me because that is just creepy. Unless, you know, they're good looking dudes, you know, like Dutch, something like that. I don't know. Said too much. Um... And of course, th- this this group they they need to get better servers for for their ticket sales. Th- that was kind of another problem that the Big Brew Beer Festival ran into. Not necessarily the servers for tickets, but the actual ticketing uh, the ticketing mechanisms that they had for the first festival. However, they were validating the tickets with people coming in the door. Something failed with it. And they ran into, because of that, they ended up with a lot fewer ticket takers than they should have had, which meant people weren't coming into there as fast. Again, this was something they remedied the second time around. They went with a completely different ticketing scheme, 
and it worked out. If this was the first Michigan Brewers Guild Winter Beer Festival, again, I could understand this. It's a learning curve kind of thing. But this isn't. They should have seen this coming, and they didn't. Uh, if they if they don't move into dual sessions next year, I don't know what to do. They'll have to just move into a location where you have higher capacity for people, but that, that, that you run into a problem there. Because then... It, there's a difference between packing 12,000 people into one space versus, you know, 6,000 people into one space. Yeah, you might be able to move comfortably with 12,000 people in that space, but you're going to be a lot more comfortable with 6,000. Split it into two sessions. I, I even commented on the article on MLive, hoping that perhaps, I don't know, the Michigan Brewers Guild would see my wisdom and see that I referred to another successful festival. I don't know. What the fuck do I know what I'm talking about? I'm only a host on a well, I was going to say I was going to say popular internet radio show, but that might be stretching it a little bit. Uh, so speaking of New Jersey's Big Brew Beer Fest, the organizers of that are actually moving into New York. The inaugural Big Brew New York Beer Festival is going to be headed to Westchester. Uh, from the fullpint.com, it's going to be Saturday. Uh, February 8th, 2014. I believe, if I remember correctly, that is the week before the New Jersey one. Um, let me look at my calendar. I am not able to go to the New Jersey one in February this year. Okay, yep. That, oh, there's, there's actually, you know what? Um, there's actually something else much more important going on Saturday, February 8th. So obviously, I would not be at this festival anyway. I, I know I'm. You know, I, I know I would not be available for that. But um, yeah, I think the Big Brew Beer Fest New Jersey is the following Saturday, which I'm not able to go to that because I'm. I think I'm gonna be burnt out from the previous weekend. But anyway, um, it is gonna be at the Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York. The thing that worries me about this is they're only doing one session, and I'm wondering if it's gonna bite them in the ass. Um, uh oh, Mitch says, fuck Royce. He's mad at him. Oh, see, Mitch even knew what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> okay. It's the 80, yeah. 80 degree temperatures in Florida. Meanwhile, I, I was running four and a half miles in the fucking snow today. Yeah. It, Mitch says it barely hit one degree where he was. Um, I think when I was running this morning, it was about 19, something like that. So Pleasant, pleasant weather. Every everybody in the nation had nice cold temperatures today, except for Royce and Marie down in toasty Florida. Um, why do you think I'm looking for jobs in Orlando, right? Ah. Uh, um. So let's see. Okay, already done with the done with the festival stuff. This was when I teased that I found frightening. This was a quickie kind of story, but Jesus Christ, this scared the shit out of me. Uh, I will post this picture in the chat and, uh, let it just kind of, just kind of sit with you guys for a little bit. This man is John McDonald of Australia. I got this from the drinkbusiness.com. An Australian man has developed a huge stomach growth after drinking a beer that had fallen into a river during a fishing trip. I never want to go to Australia with all the highly venomous and deadly creatures down there. 
if I drop a beer into the river, it's fucking gone, man. I, I don't care if it's my bottle of KBS. That shit is gone. So John McDonald here was on the Brisbane River when he dropped his beer, and he immediately fished it out of the water and carried on drinking. Oh, God! Just hours later, the 60-year-old became seriously ill as a mystery bacteria made his stomach balloon. And uh, if you want to see the picture of this guy, get into the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. McDonald told the Sunshine Coast Daily that after heading to hospital, he was initially prescribed antibiotics to fight the infection. <sighs> I think you're going to need some more antibiotics than that. Shit. I, mean, I guess at least he didn't try and pop it. Uh, but just over a week later, he was admitted to hospital for surgery. That initial operation failed, and he underwent a second procedure that also failed. Following that, McDonald fell into a coma, and his family were told that he was unlikely to pull through. Why am I laughing at somebody that fell into a coma? Because he's stupid. After being transferred to the Royal Brisbane Hospital, John came around, but has been told that he needs another six operations to cure the problem. The first was scheduled for, let's see, uh, last week, that had been canceled due to a shortage of beds. McDonald has now turned to the press in hope of finding a doctor somewhere in the world who might be able to help with this problem. He told the Sunshine Coast Daily, I want to tell my story to the world. Oh, actually, can I do an Australian accent? I don't think I can. I want to tell my story to the world in the hope that someone somewhere might answer my prayers and get me well. I'm a good bloke. I want to be around for my kids and my little grandchild, so if there's a boy good doc out there that can help, then give me a holler. Uh, he added, clearly the Brisbane River is far more polluted than people think. It was a split-second decision on my part. A stupid one. I'll have to live with this for the rest of my life. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. He feels like he's an Outback Steakhouse. Ah, uh, you want some shrimp on the barbie? Uh, uh, you, you want some Fosters? Uh, Red Dragons! Yeah! Yeah! Ha <laughs> ha! Ah, 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 yeah, um, uh, what's the name of my band? I I forgot the name of my band. Yeah, uh, remember. Ah, whatever. (laughs) Some, (laughs) like, like five, five of you are probably laughing at what the hell that was. So, yeah, (sighs) Jesus. I mean, if, oh, uh, don't, 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 don't drink Stuff that fell in the river. I wouldn't wouldn't drink stuff that fell in the Clinton River in Michigan. I wouldn't drink stuff that fell in Lake Hopatcong here. In Australia, I have no idea. Oof. Jesus. Okay. So, okay, this is going to be a little bit of timely stuff for the holidays. Um, Oh, you know what? I got a caller calling in. Hold on a second here. Let me cue this up. Boom. Hello, caller. Hey, Kev. What's up, buddy? It's P-Rock. Hey, P-Rock. Man, I was just uh, singing your praises in our little private MLR little uh, chat apparatus a little bit ago about uh, what a great job you do. You, an amazing job as a one-man show. I, not many guys can do what you do. I wanted to say that, but, but then that feeling started to change a little bit when I realized your Australian character was from Tennessee. What the fuck happened? I, I don't know. It, it, it's, somehow, somehow I got like an Australian redneck. I don't know what happened there. 
you started strong and then, and then suddenly it's from Chattanooga. <laughs> it just kind of it kind of weirded me out a little bit. Well, at least now I know I can do a Tennessee accent, apparently. <laughs> well, there's there's that. That's always important to, to most shows. Um, but you were also talking about who drinks the who drinks the beer after they spill spill it in the river or whatever in Australia. But what I really want to know, what's worse, is fucking Mitch drinking horseshit Guinness from a can. What are your thoughts about that as a beer connoisseur? Oh, see, I oh I I cannot drink Guinness from the can. I got to pour it in a glass. Exactly. He's I, an asshole. I don't know why he does this. Yeah, M- Mitch, Mitch, pour it in a fucking pint glass, dude. Because then you get, I have a nice Guinness pint glass that anytime I get a pack of Guinness, pour it in. I, I do the perfect pour. I do that, you know, part of the can, wait for it to cascade, and then pour the rest down the center. You know, wait, wait what's Mitch saying? It already, it already comes in a glass or can, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just find it funny I, frankly i'm not even a fan of um of guinness and actually i drink miller light from a can so i'm just breaking balls i have no Ooh. room to talk <laughs> miller light is my go-to beer although i have stepped up just a hair and i know you won't respect this being a, a hipster uh, <laughs> beer snob but i did do some shock top last week and that was pretty good you know what shock top has some good stuff like uh, the one that i've wanted to try is the honey crisp apple i have not tried that yet Oh, see, Christ, that's my problem. I, I, I need, I can't have more than two syllables in my beer name. <laughs> I, I just can't. I, mean, I, I won't even. I won't even venture out to try it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a closed-minded douche that way. But there's just too many flavors. I, I know you're into that, but um, yeah, you and Marie, I know, I do a lot of the the multi-flavored beers. It, it, it's tough stepping your way into it because you, you jump into that too quick and it, it it'll throw you off right away. Like. I mean, I, I can still enjoy the cheap stuff, though. I mean, I'm drinking my shitty Big Flats Walgreens beer right now. <laughs> Three fifty for a six-pack. I guess my thing is, can, can you can you put away, I don't know, 18 to 22 of those beers? I probably could, um, considering what I did uh, around my birthday with those pitchers of Budweiser. Well, see, and that's my point. <laughs> I, I drink Miller Lite, not not because it's a fantastic beer. It's an okay beer for me, yeah. but I'm in it for the volume. You know, I'll, I'll do, like I said, 18 to 22 Miller Lights, uh, you know, with no big deal. But these heavier beers and these, these more flavorful beers, that's much more difficult to do. That's what I've found. That's why I've kept myself in this little box. Yeah, and t- two, two of them will knock you out pretty much. Well, a friend of mine said what he'll do, he'll buy a six-pack of the Stronger Craft Beers, but then he'll get like you know a, tw- a case of twenty four of you know Milwaukee's best or whatever, have one of the craft beers and then just drink Milwaukee's best for the rest of the night. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's a decent strategy. It's, it's one way to do it. You get you get the nice taste of the craft beer, and then you get to keep your buzz going with the cheaper stuff. So right, right. Okay, well that's my two cents. Uh, again, genuinely fantastic job man you, you do a great job of the show oh. you just i just wanted to say that publicly oh thank you Pierrock. i appreciate it and you know what? i'm gonna let you plug your show because you're so nice oh thank you so much uh tomorrow night the red with footer uh nine o'clock east right here at morelikeradio.com come hang out everybody listen fantastic show gotta thank you Pierrock. thank you sir later later that was Pierrock from the red show wednesday nights and I, I'm not going to bag on him because he drinks Miller Lite because I'm drinking Big Flats right now. You know, cheap beers are, they're, they're cheap, easy to get. And if it gets a buzz on, you can't complain about it. Um, <laughs> White S. Brent in the chat says, P-Rock needs to learn to treat a strong beer like a Percocet. 
and uh, <laughs> Mitch take a lot at once. Exactly. Um. Okay, you know what, Mitch? Mitch has a good point. Um, here's the thing about craft brews. I've had about fifty to a hundred different kinds. I remember about three of them. And you know what? That's that's sometimes the problem I have. That's why I have that uh, the Google spreadsheet, the ABV beer drinking list at tinyurl.com slash ABV. Was it ABV beer drinking list? Fuck. You think I'd remember my own URLs? Ugh! I made that URL. What is wrong with me? Hold on. I have it here somewhere. I really do. Uh, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Open spreadsheet. You can add the beers that you like on there. And I, I'll use that to kind of, you know, just kind of keep track of things. Like, not, not only stuff that I drink, but stuff that other people drink that I can get. Um, I'll trust other people's opinions, unless it's on an IPA, because I don't like IPAs. But, god damn it. <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> Um, no, it's an Australian Tennessee accent. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good resource to at least try and remember what you may or may not like. There'll be certain beers that, you know, I'll I'll come across it in the store. I'll be like, I know I've had this before. I don't even remember what I thought about it. But like Mitch said, there are maybe three that really resonate with you. I mean, there, I, I could say there's probably a dozen that I'll be able to go in the store and know that I'll like, but at any given time, there's probably maybe three that will really resonate with me at any given time. Um, I mean, honestly, one of my, one of mine's probably uh, Sam Adams Cherry Wheat. That one is always, always a go-to for me. A beat of Purple Haze, always a go-to for me. I, you know what? I honestly may not even have a third one right now. Maybe Founder's Breakfast Stout. But that tends to be on the pricier side, so I can't always get that. But um, let's see. Uh, tinyurl.com slash awful impression-ish beer tasting list to write down your beers that you have previously tasted and either liked or not liked. Wow, that's that's not a very tiny, tiny URL. I, I don't know if you can make a tiny URL that long, Mitch. <laughs> ah. Dennis, if you're listening to this on podcast, you better be enjoying my shitty impressions. Um, oh, White Ass Brent says on the same point he likes how Untapped suggests beers to you, but you can never find the beers they suggest. Yeah, I have that problem too, where they'll suggest a beer, and usually I think you if you log a beer. And in fact, you know what? Let me look here. Um, nah, in my my last check, and they didn't put any uh, suggestions. Probably because it's a cheap beer, and they'd be like, "Well, you probably like Miller Lite or something," you know. Uh, sorry, P Rock. <laughs> But I, I've seen them on there where I'll drink a beer and they're like, you might like, and they'll list like maybe three more, and there'll be three breweries that I personally haven't even heard of, therefore I probably am not able to get them. Every now and then, there is a suggestion on there that either I am able to get or I've already had before. So uh, one one nice function of Untapped, and if you're unaware of Untapped, it's U-N-T-A-P-P-D, uh, social media app for you know logging your beer, telling people on Twitter how much you drank, pretty much. Um, it, you can create a wish list on there too. I've done that with some of the stuff that it suggested to me, knowing that I very well may never see it. But if a brewer decides to expand distribution to my area and it pops up, then I remember. Oh yeah, I wanted to try that one. 
like um th- th- this is kind of a poor example but one of them that was on my wish list that I finally got to try was the Sam Adams uh cherry chocolate bock that is in the winter favorites pack this time around so that one but that was a Sam Adams I just didn't think they were going to make that one again that was pretty much where I thought that was going there are other ones though like some of the ones that Mitch sent me unless flat earth starts to distribute to New Jersey I'm probably not going to see those again. Um, I know Flat Earth distributes to Michigan, so maybe get out there. But the the wish list might be a good thing for, um, you know, setting up beer trades kind of thing. Again, beer trades, the way I see it on Reddit with the beer trade subreddit, it's tough with that because from what I have gathered, there's really nothing particularly rare in my area and honestly i i don't want to get rare stuff i want to get stuff that i'm gonna enjoy not you know not because of its rarity but just because it's a good beer that was the stuff that mitch sent me that was good beer wasn't necessarily rare i mean he was able to get it and didn't have a problem with it the stuff that i got from mitch again not necessarily rare but not available in his area i think but with the beer trade subreddit on on reddit Everybody, you know, everybody's looking for Hetty Topper. Everybody's looking for KBS. Everybody's looking for Planet the Elder, or somebody has Planet the Elder to trade. Somebody has KBS to trade. What the hell am I going to give them that's going to be worth that? So, and you know, that, that's why I think what the the trade that me and Mitch did that that was me and Mitch were and Mitch, I think, yeah, um, that worked out a lot better because there weren't you know those ridiculous stipulations expectations but uh, fuck it i'm rambling oh can you tell i'm four beers in tonight i think brent and um mitch are uh discussing liquor stores <laughs> no mitch and were <laughs> oh yeah, i forgot uh, red Sox only has one eye oh. <sighs> i oof. I will admit, I have not drank this much during a show in a while. And I owe it all to Big Flats 1901 Premium Beer. See, this stuff keeps the buzz going. Proof. I had two crafts before this, then I have two, well, craps, you know, after it. Works out well. Um, <laughs> we love you, Alan. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, you know, let me hit a list. I, I got a few holiday gift guides here, but I might hold those off to next week unless I absolutely... Well, let's see. Because yeah, New School Beer has two parts of a three-part. Third part's coming next Monday, so I might hold that one off. DraftMag.com has one that... It's a holiday gift guide for beer lovers, but some of the stuff I just... I didn't... I didn't understand. I don't know. Um... But this article I actually found kind of interesting because it all, it kind of harkened to some of the stuff that I was going at before. Remember when I was talking beer cocktails and stuff like that? It, stuff that gets too involved for me. These are actually spirit hybrids, which is a lot easier to deal with. Um, for instance, the first one on the list, it's a rum tequila hybrid. Um, they got beer hybrids on here. Think of you know the rum or bourbon barrel aged beers, but taken via a more direct route. 
Um, so these are the top 10 hybrid drinks from the drinksbusiness.com. Uh, this one, let's see here. It would help if the page would come up. Um, I don't know who Pernod Ricard is, but uh, I guess he has something to do with the uh, Malibu. Uh, when Pernod Ricard launched Malibu Red in 2012, it said the drink would help, quote, open up new opportunities for Malibu to be consumed, particularly in nightclubs. Red is a blend of Malibu coconut rum with Mexican silver tequila. And apparently they uh, established a global partnership with the R&B singer Neo, whoever the hell that dude is. Uh, Malibu did this, who, quote, contributed with creativity to certain product development phases. Really? What, did did he, like, go, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'm, you know, I'm I'm interested in a combination like that. I like Malibu. Um, Tequila's good in certain applications. I could see the combination here. Um, Let's see, where the hell was I? Okay, next one on this list. This is, um, well, this is one of the beer hybrids. This is called Desperados, gold-colored, full-bodied lager that has been given an extra kick by tequila. Initially created by the Fisher Brewery in France in 1995, now sold in over 50 countries. I do not recall seeing that in the U.S., but that does not mean it's not distributed to the U.S. It's just entirely possible that I don't see it in my area. Um, lager and tequila, I eh, I don't know if I see the appeal with that. Uh, next one here is uh, Gold Cavassier. Com- uh, combination of Cavassier cognac and French Moscato wine offering, quote, a smooth taste with notes of Moscato, honey, peach, and floral orange blossom. Uh, it's apparently the second hybrid to be released by Cavassier after it launched the Rosé drink in 2011, which was a hybrid of cognac and French red wine. So they like com- uh, combining the Cavassier with the wine. Um, let's see. Gold was launched to make cognac more approachable to consumers, has a lower alcohol by volume than cognac. Wow. 18% versus the regular 40%. Um, can be served chilled on the rocks or in cocktails. So, kind of an entry-level cavassier. Um, maybe almost kind of watered down, if you think about that. This is one I was never familiar with. I I would be interested in trying this were I to see it, but I wouldn't want to have to buy a whole bottle. This is from uh, Absolute, Absolute Tune. It's a combination of Absolute Vodka and a crisp, sparkling Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Um, let's see, the Absolute Vodka for Tune is produced in Ahus in southern Sweden using Absolute proprietary continuous distillation process mixed with a sparkler from the Brancot Estate in New Zealand. can be drank as is, chilled in a flute, or as a base in a cocktail. Uh, with Absolute recommending a splash of a favorite liqueur such as raspberry, peach, or blackberry. So, more or less, you're getting a sparkling vodka there, in a way. <coughs> Excuse me. And, oh, here's our favorite on the list. Limerita. I don't really need to get much more into that. We all know about Limerita, Strawberita, Mangorita, Cranberita, Raspberita. 
I got a little news item for that at the end of the show. Ah, uh, this is one, again, I've wanted to try Kalua Midnight. I, honestly, I never looked closely enough to see what it was. It's a hybrid of rum and coffee liqueur, lighter in color, less sweet than regular Kahlua, but it's actually a stronger drink. Regular Kahlua is 20% alcohol by volume, and honestly, I had no idea it was that low. Midnight is 35%. Uh, marketed as more of a shooter drink, Kahlua recommends the drink is chilled before drinking. Uh, let's see. Uh, some of the shooters recommended by Kahlua including mixing Midnight with orange... See, I always fuck up the pronunciation. What was it? Curacao? Is that how you pronounce it? For a dark side of the moon. Uh, the Midnight... Okay, this is interesting. The Midnight Brew Shooter combines vodka and Guinness. Uh-huh. And the Cherry Popper combines vodka and cherry liqueur, obviously, along with Kahlua Midnight. That The vodka Guinness and Kahlua Midnight, I would try that one. But that's because I, well, hell, I enjoy that stuff. I enjoy, I enjoy all three of those elements. Uh, next one here. Here's uh, another beer hybrid. Comes from the Wadworth Brewery in the southwest of England. The beer was developed to celebrate 100 years of naval aviation. It combines beer and pusser's rum from the British Virgin Islands. It's called Swordfish. Uh, 5% alcohol by volume beer. So even with combining rum with it, it still maintains kind of a low um, low alcohol content. They say uh, gentle rum aroma, dark unrefined sugar, adding a rich smoothness. This, like I said, is a more direct way of getting that rum barrel aged flavor probably. Instead of aging it, you're just you know essentially pouring the rum into it. Uh, let's see. Vodka mixed with cognac. Uh, this is 20 grand. Uh, Cutting Edge Mix offers a natural crossover to people who like cognac and vodka since it tastes great neat or on the rocks. So basically, they're just saying, hey, we you know, we know you'd like to mix this, so drink it. Uh, 40% alcohol by volume on this, so it's kind of strong. Um, most reviews say... It's a very smooth hybrid, but it's so smooth, you should be careful because it will sneak up on you. I've had drinks do that to me. Um, uh, oh, see you, Brent. Brent exiting the chat. Um, I, I've had drinks that have snuck up on me like that, but they're eh, I don't know, a little bit more girly. If anybody's seen those uh, TGI Fridays mixers, the, the Orange Dream, it's like a creamsicle. That used to sneak up on me. We'd be sitting around a table playing bullshit, and we'd have the blender pitcher on the table, and we'd keep refilling our drinks there without standing up. The moment you stand up to go take a piss, you pretty much fall over at that point. Ah, uh, okay. This this one is this one's just douchey. And I know Adam Carolla is big with his podcast and everything, but this is from Adam Carolla. It's a variation. It's a, it's an orange sangria called and get get ready for the douche chills to come on it's called mangria Ugh. come on dude corolla you're better than that you're ugh. what happened to you man so the story behind the drink one evening adam corolla found himself half a glass short of red wine 
He wanted to fill in the space with an alcoholic beverage, so he topped off his wine with a hefty pour of vodka. It created a strong and bitter drink, so Corolla went to his fridge, added orange juice and other fruit to the drink, and Mangria was born. Oof. Are we done with this whole naming stuff with, you know, man before it? Um, you know, yeah, yeah. man cave. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> uh, mancation. Just, can, can we stop with that shit? I mean, honestly, when I think of a man cave, I think of a gaping man's asshole. Fuck. That was completely clean, too. God damn it. But you get what I mean, though. Honestly, you do. I know you do. Next one on the list. Uh, and this is actually the last one. This is Nouveau. They say possibly taking a lead from Absolute Tune comes Nouveau, which is a combination of vodka and sparkling white wine. Nouveau is further infused with passion fruit nectar. This combination, quote, will dazzle your taste buds and delight your palate. Well, apparently. Again, this liqueur has been designed as a drink that can be enjoyed straight up, but it's also marketed as an ingredient for a wide variety, I'm assuming they meant to put in there, of cocktails. Um, That actually makes me think of um, a a drink I used to enjoy. In fact, I... Back when... Hell, when was that? Um, I think it it was actually... Back when oh god okay, this this is going back a little bit in the in the uh, WNEW days back when like Opie and Anthony were on there with everybody. If anybody remembers the Radio Chick show, I was part of a message board of people on that show. In fact, I actually I won a contest on that station at one point. It was a Photoshop contest. Um, I think I got a hundred bucks out of that. I think I actually got a check sent directly to me from Leslie Gold. But anyway. We would uh, meet up sometimes, and I remember one time we met up at a restaurant in Manhattan somewhere, and I remember somebody had a bottle of tequila rose. Now, without Googling it, I I can't tell you necessarily what the base of this drink is, Um, and maybe I'll just do it now. I would assume that there is some sort of tequila in the base, and it's not just the name. Uh, Let's see if... Mm. (sighs) I always got to enter my damn name, August 26th, and sometime in the 70s. Here we go. Oh, apparently there's... Oh, there are different variations of tequila rose now. Tequila rose cocoa cream and tequila rose java cream. Um, together. Okay. Again, th- this is a hybrid. It's a strawberry cream liqueur with a splash of tequila. The way I always saw, I guess this was really my first exposure to a hybrid spirit. The way it always tasted to me was. <laughs> oh, I can say man cave's dumb. Never mind. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, Rich isn't paying attention. I don't think Rich listens to my show. Thankfully, because none none of my. None of my completely clean, embarrassing moments have, have ended up in WhatsApp, so I have to thank him for that, strangely. But I think Tequila Rose was my first dip into a hybrid spirit. Um, it, it it tasted like strawberry quick. To this day, I haven't had it since then. To this day, every time I see it in the store, I think of picking it up, 
but I don't. I figure if I'm going to get some kind of creamy liqueur kind of thing, I'm just going to pick up a bottle of Chacovine. And if you've never had Chacovine, you really should try it at some point. Basically, it's chocolate combined with red wine. That may sound disgusting, but it is so good. If you, I, I know they have a a um, bottle of what they call adult chocolate milk out there, and I I don't know if it's like a vodka base kind of thing, but it, you'll see it's actually branded adult chocolate milk. Um, I think they have an adult strawberry milk too, but um, tequila rose. Wait, tequila. Wow, tequila rose. No, chocovine, chocovine. Wow. Oof getting confused in my own head, which isn't difficult to do because there's a lot of space in there. Uh, Chacovine has that chocolate milk taste with the alcohol bite much more than I could assume the adult chocolate milk does. So if you like chocolate and you like booze, look for Chacovine. I, I don't think you would have a problem finding it. I know there are a few different varieties now, too. I believe there is an espresso blend, and I want to say there is a raspberry choco bean blend. So if you like that chocolate-raspberry combination, you'll get that, too. But I'm not talking about choco bean right now. Um, I'm talking about all sorts of other stuff. And while I tab out to this, let's see. Uh, okay, nothing going on. Oh, Jesus! Oh, God, no! Why is that doing that? Oh, whew. okay, good. Ah. Uh, I almost had some unfortunate stuff going on there. Um, apparently, um, the NHL's website likes to show clips from Game Center Live, and I was checking out the Red Wings score, and it decided to start trying to play a video. So, ignore that, please. Um, well, Ten minutes left in the show. You know what? I'm holding off those holiday gift guides for next week because that is perfect and punctual and timely for the holidays. So I'm going to go with the new beer releases and reveals for the week. Uh, here's one I won't drink, even though I absolutely adore the brewer. Abita Grapefruit Harvest IPA. It's one of those rare Abitas I won't drink. And I think I actually did try it at one point, if I remember correctly. I know I tried one of the Abita IPAs, and it just didn't do it for me. I want to say this is the one. Um, So it's coming back. 6% alcohol by volume special release made with Louisiana Ruby Red Grapefruit. It's out on shelves now, available in the usual Abita six-packs. Mission Brewery. Now, this one I found kind of interesting. I uh, got a picture for this one somewhere. Let me see where is it in my tabs. There we go. Um, you'll see, If you're in the chat, you'll understand this. The 32-ounce um, Cannon cans. They hit seven new states. These are huge fucking cans. And of course, that could be a clip used for Lust and Love on Mondays at 9 Eastern. Not 10 as the ad currently states, but I'm trying to remedy that. Um, hopefully uh, within the week. Um, so Shipwrecked Double IPA and El Conquistador Extra Pale Ale. They released the cans originally in early October in California and Colorado. And, like I said, they're shipping to seven new states. Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. They're the first quart cans ever used by U.S. Microbrewery. Were they ever to find their way to New Jersey? I'd even try El Conquistador because I'd want to know what it feels like drinking from a quart can. Because that's a huge fucking can. Narragansett Autocrat Coffee Milk Stout. Uh, this one's a coffee... Or, ugh, coffee collaboration 
a C word, between two Rhode Island companies, Narragansett Brewing and Autocrat Coffee. Narragansett's regular milk stout enriched with Autocrat Coffee. Kind of simple. Uh, it's going to be available next week in six packs of 16-ounce Tallboy cans throughout Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. I'm hoping that I may see this in Jersey, too, because I do get Narragansett beers out here. And this one is at 5.3% alcohol by volume. I have had their cream ale before. I haven't had their milk stout before. Uh, Stone Smoked Porter. they got variations coming next year. Uh, there's one that they've done before, and the other two I don't believe they had done before. So these are going to be releasing through 2014. Uh, the first one that was previously released, it was bottled only once in 2012. It was a 12-ounce special edition bottle. Is the Stone Smoked Porter with the Vanilla Bean. Uh, the next coming out in May is Stone Smoked Porter with Chipotle Peppers. And then this one is complicated. It's the Stone Smoked Porter Harvest Edition Edition. So that's Harvest Edition Edition. Scheduled for autumn, which incorporates a myriad of botanicals into the brew. All these are going to be 22-ounce bombers. And then, as I mentioned when I was going through that um, hybrid, uh, hybrid drinks list, I mentioned... Some news with the Bud Light Limeritas. Oh, God damn, my toes hurt. Oof. It's cold down here. Makes my bones ache. Uh, Bud Light Limerita Mix Packs now available. Yes, if you like to mix and match your flavors for the Bud Light Limeritas, or you can't seem to find anything other than the lime or strawberry like me. Like I said, I still got a shitload of strawberry in my fridge. This pack is going to be right up your alley. It contains six cans of the lime, four of the strawberry, four of the raspberry, and four of the new mango. So, if you are a fan of the Lime Arita drinks, and I know some of my listeners are, I know Marianne enjoys them, if you want to try the variety of flavors, look for these mixed packs. Uh, let's see, how many is that? Four, eight, four times three is twelve. So, uh, okay, eighteen cans in total in this case. And then, uh, Sam Adams. You know how they got their, uh, their, the, uh, cans now. You know, cans for the Boston Lager, cans for the Winter Lager. I, if I remember correctly, they did cans for Oktoberfest. I know they're doing cans for something else next year, too. I want to say it's one of the IPAs or something like that. Um, don't remember. Eh, my memory's shit now. Ugh. Anyway, Sam Adams Boston Lager in cans. It launched successfully very successfully in the U.S. earlier this year. Well, it's now moving on to our neighbors to the north, where they will see Boston Lager in cans on shelves coming this month. So, you know, our friends like uh, Dark Fox, perhaps, uh, host of Markout Radio here on More Like Radio, he may be able to find these wonderful Boston Lager cans. And I, I can attest that it's just as good in the can as it is in the bottle. Fuck, that's another clean one too. Boy am I glad Rich doesn't listen to my show. Ah. And you know what? I'll give you one more before I close out for the evening. I know um I think it was Seth in uh, WhatsApp. He he was mentioning that uh, he was getting the uh, the Muhu, Terrapin Muhu. Well, the white chocolate Muhu, apparently there is a delay on it. I um, saw on Twitter today according to 100 and Brewing. We won't be seeing the white chocolate muhu until early January. So keep an eye out for it then. Um, 
Oh! Oh! Rich said it's boring in WhatsApp? Oh! Oh, I think he's boring. Oh! Take that, Rich. Yeah! Yeah! What are you going to say about that, man? Yeah. Ah, fuck, I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he's not into beer, he's not into beer. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he enjoys the other programming on uh, MLR more. You know? Uh, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Just means he doesn't get, you know, clips of me, you know, talking about men escaping assholes. That's all. <sighs> so with that, you know what? It is getting to the eight o'clock hour. <laughs> so I think it's about time for me to close up shop here. Hopefully my wife did not buy me a Baconator because I do not need Wendy's tonight because I feel like a fat, drunken cow. So if you want to check out the ABV beer tasting list that I mentioned earlier in the show, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I know I posted a couple things in there in the past few days. And of course, you should like the Alcohol by Volume Facebook page. If you are a listener, and I know there are a decent amount of you, please do me a favor, just this once, like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. I will post stuff from the show on there, be it vids, articles, whatever, just companion to the show, whereas the Facebook group is more of a free-flowing memes, funny images, and whatnot. So... Please do that. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S. That's Edicius, no matter what anybody else tries to pronounce it. Or the show's Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. And look me up on Untapped. Friend me. I'm alcohol by volume, all one word. Coming up next is your Tuesday evening entertainment. Unsigned Hype J5, followed by Dutch and Royce. They're going to have a wonderful interview with a, uh, I believe, an astronaut porn star and uh, the lovely Joe Coletta of the Cousin Joe Show, he's going to be sitting in on Dutch and Royce today for that interview. So you don't want to miss that. And of course, check out all the other great programming on More Like Radio. This has been Kevin on Alcohol by Volume. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>